What's up, everybody? It's the Disgruntled Sailor here. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Rowdy Sailors. It's a lifestyle brand for the Rowdy Sailor and all of us. It's also active duty owned and operated. They're putting out some cool stuff from t-shirts, flags, hats, tumblers, even stickers. Make sure you go check them out. Their Instagram handle is at Rowdy underscore Sailors and go support one of your own. Make sure you tell them the Disgruntled Sailor sent you and start living that Rowdy lifestyle. The views expressed on the Disgruntled Sailor podcast are exclusively our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any member nor the view of the United States Coast Guard. Furthermore, the podcast does not have any association with nor endorsement from the Coast Guard. We're just two individuals who happen to be in the military, expressing our own personal views and opinions. So sit back, relax, crack a cold beer, unless you're underway, then next watch motherfucker. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Miami here with episode five zero. It's our uh, half centennial. Is that it? Is that how you say it? Half, half centennial. Uh, it's our half centennial I'm episode. Su- I'm surprised and we made it this far. Yeah, for real. I can't believe anybody actually listens to this. Uh, but we got, you know, we have one of those episodes I'm excited about because we say we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And usually we just end up being lazy and then rambling about random things that we find on Instagram. Uh, but we have a genuine aviator with us today. So we're going to go over some admin stuff, some shenanigans. Is that the official over... name, nickname, the aviator? Yeah, this is the, this is the aviator. Okay. We have, we're going to go, we're going to, we have Mr. Howard Hughes with us. Um, <laughs> and uh, he is an E6 aviator and he works on HH60 Jayhawks. So. You know, E6s are the fucking best. Uh, we're better than you. Yeah, we know right. it. Um, so we're going to talk about some admin stuff like we normally do because I feel like we run this like at all hands, except it's fun. And we're going to talk about some aviation shit. I'm probably going to talk some mad shit. Like, so just, I wouldn't hope you got a thick skin. Yeah, wouldn't so. Ha- wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I got a really fucking cool, like, emotionally touching story about the coast guard so hopefully i can get through that without crying what you do uh, yeah you have feelings they're in there <laughs> <laughs> that's my fucking kids i'm great um and then um we're gonna do some uh you know hopefully i don't rant this this one i feel like i ranted a little bit last one but i was drunk and like if you notice i was like all right said i'm done like because i felt like i was ranting so we're just going to go ahead and get started. Everybody ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So first, the discount code. Yeah, you never told me what it was, so I haven't put it up there yet. I forgot. <laughs> um, how about we call it the – it should be underway morale. should be the fucking code. Underway morale? Yeah. Okay. You heard it here. Underway morale for 20% off in the ship store. There you go. Because it's very hard to find. (laughs) All right. Did you get the results from the Instagram poll, whether I should start an Instagram page or not? I did, but I can't pull it up because stories only last 24 hours. And after the 24 hours, you can't view it. And I didn't save it. But I I mean, I I know what the main vote was for. Was it no? (laughs) 
there there were some no's. So was it was it more leaning towards I should do it or more towards I shouldn't do it? All right. So first of all, not a lot of people voted. Wow, I'm hurt. I would say there was there might have been seventy votes, if that. If better, I I was expecting like seventeen or eighteen. No, I, I mean if if that. I mean we're probably like fifty, sixty ish total. You know, and we got like what fifteen hundred followers or something like that. So that's uh that's not a good turnout. That's like what, like point zero one percent. Yeah. <laughs> so should I do it or not? It was uh, well, you voted for yourself. Why not? <laughs> you can't do that. The president's allowed to vote in the presidential election. It's what the people want, not what you want. Does the so when you're telling me when Joe Biden was running for president, he didn't go fucking vote for himself? I don't know. I mean, I, I assume he doesn't know. He is one of the people. So. Yeah, he's one of the people. I just, I just don't assume he could read very well. So I, I think someone did it for him. But, um, all right. Well, then I'm not fucking doing it. If there's no interest, I'm not doing it. I'll just swear at people on this. All right, well, now I'm angry. I mean, the, so. the 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 vote leaned towards yes, make it. Well, I don't know if I want to now. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping there would be like more participation. But yeah, there wasn't. Um, so I saw Big J yesterday. Yeah, he sent me a Snapchat of, of what? <laughs> he said, "Your boy has your coin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had just gotten back to the office, and he's like, "All right, I'm on my way over." I was like, "Like literally, I'm like, okay, well, here's where I'm at. Let me know when you're getting close." He's like, "I'm running behind. There's traffic," and I go, "Okay, well, let me know when you're close." And then my stomach hurt because I ate a bunch of undesirable food and then drank a bunch of beer. So I was in the head. Was it eggs? Was it eggs? I, it could have been eggs? anything. I could have been literally anything. Air and water give me gas. I don't know. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go piss out of my ass real quick. So I'm in the head and my phone rings and it's, <laughs> it's Big J. He's like, hey, I'm 0.03 miles from the front gate. I go, I'm taking a shit. He's like, okay, well, I'm late because he's doing chief stuff and he's got to meet oh. people to do chief's initiation shit. I go, I'm literally like mid-log, dude. Well, not mid-log. I'm like mid-like spray. And um, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to just drive by and just chuck it in the fucking bushes. I was like, dude, I swear to God. So, like, I had to I close the – did tell me he threw it in the bushes. <laughs> close. So <laughs> I had to turn the garden hose off, clean myself up. I run to get my cover from the shop, and I run out to, like – there's, like, two entrances around this giant fucking building. And I go out – the exit and I'm trying to call him and I see his GV drive by and I see him. So I start chasing the GV around. He goes all the fuck away around to the other side and I see him get out and I scream across the parking lot. And I yell his name. And he like turns around. He's like, hurry up. I got to go. And it was funny because I was running across the parking lot and I had a package of smoked venison sausage in my hand and I didn't have a blouse on and I was wearing a unit t-shirt. I'm just <laughs> So I'm probably like shit a bag of dicks. Yeah, so probably just, you know, shit covered ass running without a without a blouse on across this field trying to get to Big J with a pack of sausage in my hand. And he like jumps out, we do this really awkward fucking gay ass hug. And he leans like he does that thing where he leans into your ear and he's like and he like smells and he's like that was really gay. And then I was like he's like here you go. <laughs> and I was like he gave me the coins. I was like here's some sausage. 
He's like, awesome. Thanks for the sausage. He's like, gotta go. <laughs> and like this other chief walks over. He's like, hey, you go to the initiation? He's, and he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, get in the car. It's over there. I'm like, I want to talk. He's like, I got to fucking go. And like, so we had this weird like. 30 second exchange and then he had to leave. <laughs> yeah. And I traded this random like it to someone that, like because we were we ended up meeting by the smoke pit, like the smoke pit in our sector. And like, I could just imagine like some dude is sitting at the smoke pit, taking a drag and just like. Look at that fucking dickhead without a blouse on running across. What's he doing? Is that sausage? And then some chief gets out of a van. They hug, exchange items, and then they both just fuck off back into nowhere. Like just looking like the shittiest <laughs> drug deal of all time. Yeah, like well, what the fuck just happened? But luckily, the sector I work at is full of dirtbags, so they probably were just like, I don't know, that probably was a drug deal. I wonder if it's any good. They got good coke. I don't know. Hope so. <laughs> you know, it's probably so, some of that missing coke from that FRC you guys exchanged. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> allegedly allegedly see the problem to steal cocaine the problem isn't getting away with stealing a kilo of cocaine i could get away with stealing a kilo of cocaine the problem is offloading it that's the fucking problem you know because yeah. they're just taking my word like you know hey mr Miami, how many kilos you got and i go 37 and then there's not 37 and then you know no one knows it's just my word you know yeah but not that I've ever stolen cocaine, just to be fucking clear, you know. So yeah, for anyway, legal reasons, that's a joke. No, for legal reasons, that's thing. fucking serious. I've never stolen cocaine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so little backstory: Big J uh, owned owned two bakeries. Him and his mom. I think it was him and his mom. Um, they owned two bakeries before they were in. One of them burned down, um, and I forget the rest because I'm a bad friend. Uh, so he joined the Coast Guard. And uh, so big baker, really, really good baker. One of the best ones I know, um, you know, like, you know, this girl said, we've talked before. I can cook almost anything. I can't bake for shit. My wife can bake. There's a science to baking. I just don't get it. It baffles me. So they're serialized. Actually, this is probably my, it's in the top three of my coins. Like the and coins are serialized. Yeah. Serialized. I have zero what and zero. Did we get? I have zero and zero. You have like 85 or something. I don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. I think it's like 16. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, like that's saying like I have, you know, decommissioned coins. I have, I was personally given a ancient Mariner coin. So like this one competes with those ones. So on the back, it's got, if you can see that it's, it's got the chief anchor thingy, the coast guard doodad, um, it's got zero one zero, which is a zero number. And it says established 2021, which is when he, I don't know if that's when he pinned on or whether that's when he was above the cut. And then it has his name at the fucking bottom, which is really cool. Right. I don't know. I sent you the fucking mm -hmm. picture. Yeah, I can see it. And then the other side is fucking rad. So it looks like it's like, it's a muffin. All right. With two biceps or two arms, like raged out. They look like big, like, um, God damn it. Chief's arms. And it says Muffin Man at the bottom. And then it's got this halo at the top above the <laughs> butter like it's Jesus or something. That's a dope coin. That is right. right? I can't and like wait the, to get it. Yeah, the arms are cut out. It's a big coin. It's hefty. You know, I'd say it, it was probably cut out of a four-inch disc. And it's these were not cheap. Not cheap at all. Um, they're colored. They're really well done. They're big. And it's super, super original. And it's one of those ones you get like, you know, I told you my – my daughter, I showed her the Miss Miami coin and she's like, what other coins you got? She went through every single coin and asked me about them. 
you know, like, what's this one for? And I was like, well, I got that one for helping out an ROTC group. And she's like, well, okay. And then, like, I was like, I got this one for, you know, my friend rare, uh, got T-bone on his motorcycle. And I helped him get to the hospital and contacted his parents. And, like, it's a generic coin, but the story behind it's really cool. You know, this one's really cool because, number one, it's a dope coin. Big J is one, I feel like, is one of my closest friends. He's never said we're friends, but I, I hope we're friends. Um, and it's just super cool to see somebody that, you know, um, you know, still gives a shit, still doing the initiation stuff, still trying to make the Coast Guard better. And then even though he's had some ups and downs and some, you know, tribulations and shit, he's still pushing through and making dope shit. And I'm, it, it's good to see him happy and doing good shit. So I really, really yeah, like this sure. coin, you know. Isn't it crazy how we remember us, how we got each coin that we have and like oh, the yeah. stories behind it? Yeah, I have like I was uh, when my daughter was going through one of my coins. So the first challenge coin I ever got, I actually oh. bought lunchbox beers. <laughs> lunchbox beers. <laughs> I have my reindeer lunchbox back with the googly eyes. <laughs> That's what that uh, thing looks like. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like my, the first challenge coin I ever like had or interacted with was, you know, boot camp. You did you guys have the option to buy a boot camp challenge coin? No. Yeah. Yeah. See, what year? What year did you go through? Uh, 07. Okay, I went through 06. Fatso, you went through like what, nine? Yeah, nine. So, but when I went through in 06, you had the option to buy a challenge coin and you can get it engraved. And my first thought was my grandfather on my, my, you know, Sandy's dad, you know, big, major, major, probably one of the biggest influences in my life. And it just said, to Pap, uh, love you. You know, that's all it said on it. And, you know, I gave it to him when I graduated. And he passed away a couple years ago, and my grandmother gave it back to me. So, like, that's, like, it, it's a very generic. It just says Trace and Center Cape May, you know, boot camp. And then it has, you know, um, all the flags on it, the Naga flags, and it just says, to Pap, love you. And that's all it says. And it's just one of those coins that, like, it's very generic, but the story and the meaning behind it is, like, so profound that, like, I'll remember that forever and ever and ever. You know, and then, you know, when I eventually – die in a couple months my kids will get my challenge coins you know die in a but couple months it's it's always it's up in the air you know you never really Damn. know the hunt for a new <laughs> co-host is on yeah <laughs> so but that was the coins so thank you big j appreciate it hopefully uh since you're probably never gonna make chief and be able to tell us about ccti um <laughs> maybe we can get uh because i was looking at the I'll server make, swipe i'll make it before you okay um, you're not even taking the test. So yeah. So, the so odds are really good. Yeah. So my chief called the detailer the other day about a couple of my guys in the shop, you know, talking about their options and one getting out and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah. So Mr. Miami is going to, his, you know, tours up, um, it is 19 year mark. He's going to have his retirement letter at 18. The detailer's like, yeah, we'll probably just fucking leave him there. And, um, today we got an email from like the admin people and they're like, Hey, PDs are out. And I was like, fuck. And I got on there real quick just to check. And like, he's like, what are you checking? I was like, making sure I'm not eligible, you know, because if I, if I test, you know, cause I'm maxed out on, on marks. I'm not maxed out on marks. I'm maxed out on uh, C time. I'm maxed out on points, you know, and, um, you're maxed out on C time. Yep. Really? Yeah. No way. Yes, sir. How many no. C time points do you have? There's no way. I, ha I have 10. I have 10 C time points. 
When were you? You were underway as a third, right? I don't fucking remember. It says fucking well, ten. It's won't... probably wrong. Yeah, yeah. Don't those reset? Yeah, they reset. It's supposed to. It says fucking ten. My award points say ten. Um, you got ten award uh, points too. Yep. You should test just for funsies, and then no, thank if you. you don't want no. it, just turn it down. No. Just turn it down. No fucking thank you. You can do that. Put C for every answer and oh, scores. Bro, do abacadabra. No. <laughs> I am not risking it. I have I have a good chief. I have a good fucking thing going. I'm not risking any of it. You know you E6. can pull your name off the list, right? Listen, can we move on? I'm not fucking sure. doing it. I would be the worst chief you've ever seen. I would just be bad at it. I yeah, disagree. 100%. No. You don't even fucking know me, dog. We met eight <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> all the things that I've heard on this podcast, I think you you sound pretty dope. I'd work for you. That's I think that's the first compliment I've ever gotten that was genuine in like the past couple of years. Thank you, man. Oh, you're welcome. I don't know what to fucking say. Shit, bitch. <laughs> bitch. Um. Shit. Now I'm gonna cry. I forget where I was. Um. Show I'm horse. Make chief just so I can take the E8 test, so I can put C for everything. Because I don't want to be a senior chief. Why not? I want to put C. Ah, fuck that. I don't want to go past twenty. Yeah, me. All either. right then. Yeah. Did you see the C just solicitation came out? I did. Yep. I uh, I looked into it. I'm not tour complete in a time to apply for it again. You're also not a healthy candidate. Listen. If they are willing to give me a badge and a weapon, that's their own fucking problem. No, I just mean your your physical body. I didn't mean your performance. Listen, there's some fat fucks out there. I'm sure I can make it. I know some Siege of Sages, and those dudes are fucking idiots, okay? If they can do it, I gotta be able to do it. Dude, can confirm. I, I know <laughs> I've said it before. I thought Siege of Sages were like, when I was like a second or third, I was like, dude, these fucking, they're special Asians, dog. And then like I met one, and I was like... You can barely read. He's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> cool, right? You want to see my badge? Like, I mean, okay. not all, not all of them are like that, but a couple no. of them I met and like know personally. Yeah, you know, I'm saying I've met some really, really good ones. I would say nine out of ten of them yeah. are fucking dope as shit. But like, the expectation was like, it's like meeting a tackle guy <clears throat> when you're younger. You expect a certain level of performance, and then a lot of them are dickheads. You know, I got to my first boat. They thought I was a Siegis agent. Really? Like, how old are you? Twenty four. Like you're Cegis, aren't you? Like, I, I I don't know. What that checks Cegis out. That's is. every older like non rate. Like, yeah. Mm, you don't know about this guy. I, I don't know what Cegis is. That's what Cegis would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to go steal some stuff, shipmate? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next is the show horse. Yeah. So I got a DM. What was this? A couple days ago now, and the it said. This is going to sound like a weird question, but I have like a show horse that I do like on the weekends for funsies. Both of the of his parents had nautical names, and I want to know if I can use the disgruntled sailor as the official name for my show horse. She's like, I figure I'd ask permission before we just did it. And so I immediately screenshotted it and then sent it to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about somebody using our name. And then you just go... I'm all in. I want to do it right now. <laughs> so, and then you go, if they use the whole name, the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast, which is yes. just a little bit extra. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it. So I messed your back and I said, if you use the whole name, the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast, we're in. 
and she sent me like the laughing crying emoji and she's like bet so uh i said send me the paperwork when it's done and so she messaged me back so the paperwork went through uh and then she sent me a picture that she ordered for like the stall plates the stall plates are like uh like your name like your your desk plate name that people have on their desk or their doors and uh it just said the disgruntled sailor and she said this all that would fit on one stall plate. I'm ordering a second stall plate just to have the word podcast on it to display on a stall. And then she said, and I so I go, so the whole name got approved, like with the word podcast in it? She goes, Yeah. They even asked me if it was a mistake. <laughs> and, then, and then she goes, but when he gets announced, it will be announced as the Disgruntle Sailor Podcast, written and owned by himself. <laughs> and so She's going to send me the audio uh, of the announcer announcing this, this show horse that we just happen to have now uh, so I can put it on the gram whenever it happens. That is it, – it's so crazy that, you know, I was talking to someone about this at work that knows who I am that, like, you know, we went from arguing about fast food and birthing on a 210 underway to, yeah, there's a show horse named after me. Get the fuck out of here. I know, like, right? Like it's wild. That's like just baller. like uh, I'm in podcast and say they have like, a show horse. Yeah, I don't Art think Rails Joe Rogan the other day. Joe Rogan doesn't have a horse named after him. Yeah, there's no Joe yeah. Rogan podcast show horse. Uh, birds, Probably. birds aren't real. Was here the other day, and he goes, "Look what this podcast has given you." <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety. <laughs> but it's just it's it's so like if someone. If someone had asked for like a generic thing, like, would you want to sponsor a softball team? You're like, meh, meh. something like something very vanilla, like, you know, I just like, man, I don't really give a shit about that. Like, I have a fucking racehorse. We're going to name it after the podcast. I was like, dude, that is fucking so weird. I'm fucking in all the way, all the fucking way. You know, <coughs> I just I just think it's fucking cool. It's um, so next, let's talk about some fucking NASCAR. Mm. All right, so I called my brother and I was telling him about this show horse that we now have, and uh, he was like, "We don't own it." <laughs> I know we, we don't own it. We don't own it. I just like saying it's ours. It's not actually ours. Yeah. They're just using our name. I want a shirt that says, "I want a shirt that says like show horse team owner or something like," <laughs> just so I can be like, like raise my nose to people. Be like, do you have a show horse? Oh, you got to get a show horse. You know, and act like. I buy and sell NFTs. Like, I'm all snooty. Like, oh, you don't have a show horse? Uh, he, dude, you got to get into the show horse game, dude. That's where the fucking money's at, dog. Just be all fucking pretentious about it. I mean, when you think about it, when you're in school, someone, like, takes something. Like, that's mine. Well, did you put your name on it? I mean, yeah, we put our on name it, on it. And possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yeah, it's in the that's Geneva Convention. Look it up. Yeah, yep. look it up. It's in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to NASCAR. So I was telling my brother about this show horse. And he goes, that's that's wild. I've never known anybody to have a show horse named after them. And he goes, I'm going to throw something out here that's going to be outrageous just to see what happens. He goes, I know you love proving me wrong when I tell you you can't do something. And I go, okay, what do you got? And he goes, I bet you can't get your merchandise on an official NASCAR that's going to be in the 2022 race season. 
And I go, bro, you know how much it fucking costs to get a fucking sticker or something put on a car? Like, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you don't have to get a sponsorship. He goes, it could be your koozie on the hood of a car. It can be a sticker sitting on the dash or something like that. And I go, okay. And I go, what happens if I don't do it? Because he's like, you got the whole 2022 race season to get it done. And he goes, if you don't win, if you don't win, I get one of every item you create for your merch store for free for the life of the podcast. And I have to recreate the next watch motherfucker stickers just for him because he's being a little bitch and being mad that he didn't fucking get any. I got two. I'll send you one. (laughs) So, and I go, what do I go? And he goes, what happens if you do win? And I go, you have to get our logo tattooed on you. And he goes, deal. (laughs) Like without even thinking about it. And so I go, before this bet's valid, since it involves like podcast merchandise, I need to talk to Mr. Miami to get him to sign off on it because it's not just my merchandise, it's our merchandise, you know. So I called you one day and you were just like, what's this fucking bet you told me you need to talk to me about? So I told you. You you made it sound like I needed to agree with you so that you could win a bet is what I read. Oh, yeah, no. And as soon as I told you, you were like, I'm in, I'm in. We can pull this off. We can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, hypothetically speaking, Aviator, uh, if someone were to put, like, a disgruntled sailor podcast on the tail of an HH-65, how big of a deal would that be? Nah, like, let's say, let's, really. so, like, let's say the plane land. No. So on, the, a, the, on a H-64, like Apache helicopter, yes, it's very bad, because I've heard a story of that, that, uh. People tagged one, and that's like radar absorbing paint, and it oh. had to get stripped, and they got in a spot of trouble for that. Really? But uh, slapping one on a sixty-five, no, fair game. Really? Not that I've done that. I mean, yeah, I not, tagged not it. that we've, not that we've done that. Yeah, um, I tagged a C seventeen. Oh, we, we do that all the time. I tagged a C seventeen one time. Which it was. Airplanes get tagged by other units all the time. Yeah. So I'm hoping somebody can get us. I'll show you very, that one. Very nice. That's a that's a unit. That's not that unit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. If you park your helicopter in another unit, you just look around like it's it's gonna have somebody else's sticker somewhere that, on inside of it. Does that piss you guys off? Is it or is it just like ah they fucking got me? Yeah, that one. Yeah, they fucking got us. Okay. Um I forget what the fuck I was gonna say. Usually we put them like on the insides of panels somewhere that's not generally noticeable. But you know, teach their own. So I'm pretty excited about the NASCAR bet. Hopefully it comes to fruition and someone hooks us up. Oh, it's already in the works. Yeah. Uh, some guy some guy messaged me the other day. He goes, how fast can you ship? It was yesterday. He goes, how fast can you ship? And I go, I can have that motherfucker in the mail tomorrow, dog. And he goes, bet. I'm sending it to my mom's house. I'm going to Daytona this fucking weekend. So this fucking dude, right? He bought like forty dollars worth of merch. Did you throw then some extra paid, shit in there? He paid forty dollars in shipping <laughs> to get it there in two fucking days, and I dropped it off in the mail this morning. Dude, you should you should have fucking discounted that shit if he's gonna. Well, do he that. bought it before. He, I thought I was just gonna send him something, and he was just gonna do it, and then. Uh, 
because I, I wasn't even home. And then I got the notification that he bought something from the store. Oh, all right. Huh? Nine. You give me shit in the morning because you're tired. We're going to hear about it. Um, all right. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. Um, so I got my package from Made by Maddie in the mail. Because uh, yeah. we originally thought that, you know, because we talked the other day about the package she sent you. We thought she was just sending it to the Disgruntled Sailor podcast. So there was a bottle opener, some cookies, some stickers in the bag. I was like, dude, I want that fucking bag. And I want the bottle opener. And, uh, and I was like, I want the coin too. Um, and, oh shit, I should probably go get that coin, shouldn't I? I mean, I know what it looks like. I have it on my desk. Well, it was from it head. was from Coast Guard. It was from Coast Guard Carter Pike. Yeah, which is an eighty-seven. It's a pretty cool looking coin. Uh, it's about a um, like a five or six on the coin scale. Um, but I ended up getting my own package in the mail. I got my own tote with my own bag of treats. I got my own bottle opener that says Mister Miami on it, which is fucking rad. And I got some stickers and I got a challenge coin. Yeah, I so, got my bottle opener here. I don't need yo shit. I got my own. <laughs> Does your bag look like my bag? Yeah, me? I I have a beer. I have the beer one. The beer one. This one. Yeah, and <laughs> I pulled it out. I was like, "Look, I got a beer tote." And my wife goes, "That's not gonna hold enough beer for you." I go, "It's not for toting beer around." You know, I was like, "I'll send it to school with the kids for their lunch or something." You know. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Right, but thank you, made by Maddie. Uh, I appreciate it. It's fucking dope. Uh, if you don't follow her or check her shit out. Please do. You know, we love supporting Coast Guard-owned businesses. Um, we're not here to make money. We're here to laugh and make fun of people. Um, but if we can help other people make some money and, you know, spread the gospel, then that's what we're going to do. So thank yeah. you. I mean, all the money we make just goes right back into the show and, like, getting us better equipment or buying more, like, dumbass merch. Yes. Yeah. We don't keep any of it. Yeah. I even I, I mean, I've tried to get money from you, but you got all butter when I ask you for money. I mean, yeah, because you you made it. You were like, "Hey, I need to borrow five hundred bucks," and and I was like, "Okay, what's it for?" And I thought it was for because you were in the middle of PCS move. I thought you were in a bind and you just needed like some money to get you through this move. And you go, "It's for a gun, dude. <laughs> this gun was fucking amazing." All right, it was a 375 H&H Magnum, and it was a Winchester Model 70 Safari Edition. This thing was fucking tits up for sure, and it was just it was a gun of my dreams, and you shattered them. It's okay. I was oh, about shit. to transfer you that money, too. Like, I was like, oh, shit, he's in a bind. He needs some money. Let's get it. Let's get it to him. And then you were like, it's for a gun. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, man. I thought you were actually really needed some help. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, I got some more packages today. Um, so I got some stickers from Dan from Oak and Iron. I think it was Dan that sent them. Uh, it was from Oak and Iron. It was the stickers you got. I think I'm like three days behind when you get yeah, stuff. What, what did your envelope say? Like <laughs> it said did, my first name with your last name. Okay. That's what, that's how mine was, was <laughs> my first name with your last name. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this? My, my wife holds up. She goes, um, is that who we are now? And I was like. That's got to be a joke. <laughs> um, 
but I got the stickers are fucking really, really cool. Um, I like when, like, I know like people that are in a business that are trying to make money, like Oak and Iron. Everything comes down to fucking like sense, like not like smelling sense, like you know pennies and stuff. So like, I really appreciate it. Yeah, dollar sense. Like, you remember our first fucking stickers that you and your wife made? Yeah, they were super shitty. Super shitty. Like they were bad. Yeah, they were like they weren't even like vinyl. They were just like paper, and so if they got so wet, like, they were like ruined. So, Aviator, do, me and you are around the same age, probably. Would you like thirty four, thirty five? I wish. Really? I'm I'm on I'm pushing forty. I'm on. You 38. old? You old fuck? All right, but yeah, he, but I'm well. even better. <laughs> All right. Do you remember Pogs? Yeah, yeah, I remember Pogs. Do you remember you could make your own Pogs? Slammers. You remember Slammers? Yeah, yeah. 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 I had an OJ Simpson Slammer. It had him smiling. (laughs) (laughs) It had him on one side smiling, said not guilty, and on the other side, it had him frowning and said guilty. Uh, But you remember you could like they sold Pog making machines where you could make your own fucking Pogs. You know? Yeah, I do remember that. That was akin to our first edition of stickers. And I like when a company puts like, all right, well, we can get 100 stickers that are plain for $30. Or for an extra $10 or $20, we can get like vinyl cut stickers. Like, well, we're trying to make money. It'll last. Yes. I super, I'm I'm a sticker whore. I'm a gear whore as well. And I'm a sticker guy too. I have sticker. Everything I own has fucking stickers on it. Everything. My computer, you know, everything. And I just really like when a company just puts a little bit of extra money, a little bit of extra effort. And, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep like three, three or four of the really cool ones. And I'm going to dish out the other couples just to like, you know, spread the, spread the good word. And I also got my order of coffee in too. Um, smells really good. I go with the rogue wave because that's my blend. That's what uh, I got. Yeah. I had rogue wave. I started with the yeah. lighthouse one. Now with Rogue Wave, and now I'm drinking the Fouled Anchor. Yeah, I got the Rogue yeah. Wave and the Fouled Anchor sticker in my last bit as well, and that, yeah, the, it's, it's good. The Rogue Wave blend is actually named after me, so just let your friends know. Um, no, it's not. So you know, these two stickers aren't released yet. They're going to be released in a really? few days. I didn't really? know that uh, when I made the post. Did you get in trouble? No, no, I didn't get in trouble. He reshared my post and then put... Uh, Stickers coming soon or something like that. And I was like, oh, damn, bro, my bad. He was like, it's all right. So um, I know Jimothy listens. The um, life-saving service sticker I'm going to send to Jimothy. Uh, his first unit was Barnegat Light. And, like, you know how everyone, like, units do um, unit hoodies. Um, you know, are, they're usually, like, a shitty, plain Hanes hoodie. And it just has the crest of the ship. And then it's got a, some stupid fucking design on it. So his hoodie that he has, it's all black. And then they're really, it's a thick, like water resistant material, like a Carhartt. Right. And it says, um, life-saving service and it's got Barnegat light on it. And it's like all about life-saving service. Cause they were one of the first big, you know, all right, get your fucking rowboat, push it out into the surf. Let's fucking go. And it's a really, really fucking cool hoodie. And Jimothy's all about that shit. So I'm going to send that one to him. Um, you know, and hopefully he he makes his guys on his ship listen to the podcast on the mess deck together as a crew. So <laughs> I'm going to send there. Yeah, I'm going to send Jimothy that. So uh, speaking of Oak and Iron, uh, 
you guys, if you haven't already, you got to check out their coffee mugs that they came out with. Yes. They, uh, they have, they have one. It's like the white hole mug. It's uh has the revenue cutter service logo on it. They have the black hole mug. That's got the lighthouse service logo on it. They got the red hole mug and they got one more. Oh, the life-saving service mug. So, so I'm ready to go check that shit out. I was torn because each one of them is like, has their own like, yeah, coolness to it. Like, you know, like, Oh, am I a, am I a boat guy? Am I an operator? Am I a, am I a, am I a light keeper? Am I a keeper? Am I like, you know, which am I cutter guy? Like what, what am I, what am I? And like, since I'm like all three of those, I was like, ah, you know, I'm more of an operator than I am, you know, a cutter guy, even though I'm a cutterman operator. Not operator is in like high speed low drag. You know, I just have a lot more small boat experience medium than speed, I do. Some drag. Medium, some medium drag. speed, some drag. <laughs> so I went for that one. But um, all right, before we get into the aviation stuff, I'm gonna go make toilet real quick. Don't go anywhere. All right. What's up, everybody? It's the disgruntled sailor here, and I just wanted to take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors, Oak and Iron Coffee. Oak and Iron was founded to honor America's rich nautical history, along with the history of the Coast Guard. Every member of their team has either served in the Coast Guard or a veteran who grew up on the water. They are putting out some amazing coffee. They offer whole bean or ground coffee along with K-cups, tumblers, and stickers. They can even do unit orders if needed. One of the best things about the company is that a portion of all the proceeds goes to support CGMA. So every time you buy from them, you're essentially helping your fellow Coasties who need it the most. Go check them out on Instagram at Oak and Iron Coffee or on the web at oakandironcoffee.com and tell them the Disgruntled Sailor sent you. So, we're going to go over some aviation things. I'm going to say some swears. I'm going to piss off some aviators, and hopefully we're all going to learn something along the way. All right? So, um, obviously, you can't go to – you used to be able to go to an air station right out of boot camp. You went to a cutter. Is that what you said? Your first ship? Yep. Cutter Sawfish. So, the, the 210 that you went on – I remember when that came in for a port call. So there's a good chance that we were both in Key West at the same time. What year were you? You were there in seven and eight? That would, yep, 07 to 2010 was when I left. You were so definitely there. Yeah, oh yeah, we were there at the same time for sure. Um, 100%. So, like, I think I was like, the last time I was there on the, on, on the Dauntless was f- February, March, and April of 2009. Yeah. I remember when that boat came in. Yeah. That was right before we left for dry dock. That place sucked. (laughs) So you waited three years for a school. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to do aviation when I got in, but my eyesight wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if I got to get my eyes fixed, then if I'm waiting, I may as well make E4. So I struck MK back when you strike K3. Yep, back when you could strike, made MK3 on the boat, and got my eyes fixed, put my name on the list, waited, left there, went to a small boat station for a little while, and then went to the airman program. See, that's respectable. Yeah, what are, like what, you, what station did you go to? Station Cortez, Cortez, Florida. Been there, have a coin. <laughs> that, um, place was, that place was rad. I'm still surprised yeah. that it's standing and didn't get yeah. burned down because we were hooligans. They still are. Um, so like one, I, so I don't know if you've, if I've said it before, but I, I was a fucking hair away from being an aviator. Um, so have I told the story about how I almost ended up on the Eagle? 
I don't remember most of the stuff okay. we talk about. So, so you know how most of most of my big decisions, like you know, I convinced my girlfriend. I was like, "Hey, you should move in," and she's like, "I don't want to do that." And I was like, "Just do it," and she moved in. I finally convinced her, and I after like a couple months of trying to get her to move in, I got orders day school, and then I was like, "So she don't leave me like two three months." I was like, look, I'm going to Yorktown, so we can either get married or you can go home. She's like, was that a proposal? I was like, sure. And she just brought home a pizza, so I went to go get a piece of pizza. She slapped the fucking thing shut. She's like, no pizza until you propose right. I was like, god damn it. So in my sweatpants in my living room on my fourth generation hand-me-down couch with my uh, poker table with the legs cut off for a coffee table, I proposed to my wife. And then, you know... (laughs) Same thing with joining the Coast Guard. I tried to join the Army. They told me my feet were too big. I'd make too much noise on a jungle patrol. My old man's like, you should join the Coast Guard. I was like, okay. That's what they told you? Yeah. My feet were too big? Bro, they take the Army takes fucking idiots, bro. They wouldn't even take you because you're big-ass fucking clown feet? I guess. So my dad's like, so this is like, yeah. So this is like September 15th. He's like, go see your Coast Guard recruiter. I was like, I don't know what that is. And he, they, I went in. Obviously, the recruiter was an idiot. I went on October 1st, October 17th. I was a boot camp. And then like, you know, I was like, Hey, we can get a dog or we can have a baby. I'm like, let's get a dog. And then like, baby, like everything that I do is just a fucking whim. So I'm in boot camp. I'm like they come in like everyone form up. You know, we're waiting on orders. He's like, I was a fireman. They're like, uh, the fireman had orders of the Eagle. He, uh, something happened. He's not going. Who wants to, they got two firemen up front. Either you want to go to the Eagle. I was like, I don't know what the Eagle is. And the other guy's like, I don't fucking know what it is either. He's like, either we know to go. We're like, neither of us really give a shit. He's like, I'm going to flip a coin. Dickhead, you call it. Whoop. Heads. It's tails. All right, you're going to the Eagle. You back in formation. And then I went back in formation. And then, like, yeah. So I, I, I could have went to the Eagle, probably went MK or DC and be a whole other fucking life, you know. And then a couple weeks later, they came in and go, hey, aviation's critical. Anybody want to fly in a helicopter? I was like, that sounds pretty fucking rad. I'll do that. He's like, all right, you're an airman now. You're going to the airman program. I was like, okay, you're going to Air Station Atlantic City. It's like, okie dokie, here we go. And that, yeah. And I was there for six months, and I realized I didn't jive with aviators. Just their, their, uh, how do I say this mean without saying it too nice? Um, no, don't, don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> they, they're just ridiculous. I I don't have a good thing right now. They're just they're like you know you're like ah he's a boastful man he's a fucking idiot. They're like oh, MKs are all dirt bags and they're dirty all the time and Yeomans are lazy and SKs don't know what they're doing and aviators just like oh you're an aviator okay you know so I did I worked at an air station for two years and I was in charge of ground support equipment I was in charge of the Hobarts I was in charge of the mules. Um, I was in charge of the, you know, cleaning the tarmac, you know, the fuel tanks, shit like that. So I'm not illiterate when it comes to aviation. Remember, I was there when I didn't have to mess cook fatso. Uh, piece of shit. Yeah. Dude, not sorry. Um, so I do have a little aviation background, but you know, um, so yeah, when I was in boot camp, it was critical and they're like, if you want to go, we'll send you in a, do a flight physical. Like, yeah, sign me up. And my eyes weren't good enough. And like, you don't get to go into aviation without getting that fixed. Like, all right. There were a couple of guys that did go into the airman program and uh, 
neither one of those guys are aviators right now either. I'm pretty sure one of them is out of the Coast Guard. Do they still do the airman program? So they don't anymore. Uh, when I came up, I did the airman program where you went for four months to an air station. Mm-hmm. Then you'd go to a school for 20 weeks and then make picks and then go to air station. Now we do what's called a rap program, the airman rating apprentice program. So I was just talking to one of our guys today. They put their name on the a school list when their name gets to the top detailer basically sends all these guys a spreadsheet. It's like, here's the picks. Tell me what you want. And then they were like, we think maybe he goes off like marks or time and grade or something, but you get a pick and you get sent to an air station. You do 12 weeks in the ARAP program, complete a syllabus while you're there. Then you do 12 weeks at A school. They teach you everything that you need to know. No, they don't. No, they teach a-, you a bunch of things. Then no, A school teaches you everything you need to know. No. Yeah. They do 12 weeks in A school, then they come back to the unit. So the new, the airmen that we get are now our future third classes. So they think, oh, well, used to have the airmen program. Nobody put any time and effort into them because who knows? They might come back. They might not come back. Now it's like, you're getting an airman. You better train them up right because that's going to be your new AMT3 or your oh, AET3. So they, they already know where they're going when they go to school. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So they okay. know like, so they, so like, let's the say. Apprentice program. That like Air Station Sitka, and I'm going there, and I'm going to school, and then I'm going back to Air Station Sitka. Okay, that's or vice versa, wherever. That's kind that's of probably better for their families. Well, that's probably better. I mean, the idea is like, hey, when you go to A school, they're gonna want to want you to do this. You're gonna want you to do this. They're gonna expect this. You need to learn this, but it's not beneficial to the fleet. You know, like, you know, there's things that I know I learned in A school that are just it. Nobody does that. So like it, I can see where like they would be like you know if I got the chance to train non rates in my job before they went to school and then came back to me, it would be it would be amazing. Um, yeah. Probably what the old program was like there really wasn't a standard airman program like there was a small syllabus that was very basic, very generic stuff that you learn like washing an aircraft, towing an aircraft, go fly on this plane if that's what you want to go on. And then you go back to school, work really hard to. Sp- be at the top of your class to make whatever pick you wanted. Like I worked my ass off to finish at the top of my class. So I could go back to the air station. That I did my airman program at like an idiot, but it worked out. <laughs> my second favorite thing after fucking with aviators tools, uh, which we'll get to, oh, um, that, that story, that story made me cringe. Ah, uh, good. Continue. Good. Aside from fucking with aviator tools and fucking with aviators, watching airmen use the mule and pull out helicopters was my favorite fucking all-time thing to ever fucking witness. Just, like, I would go out there, and I would go, look, drive the helicopter, not the mule. Drive the helicopter, not the mule. And then you, they just get out there because, so, again, it's been 13 years since I was in an air station. You have the mule, and then it has a fucking tow bar, and there's, a, there's pivot points on the mule and on the, on the wheels, and then you have some dickhead in the helicopter, uh, manipulating the brakes, right? Yeah. And that can pivot, and then they just... It, they just don't get it. It just... Yeah. <laughs> the rad part is, like, with 60s and 65s, you've got... Because 65s get pushed from the front, 60s get pushed push from the tail, but 60... You both have... you got two fixed wheels, then you've got a pivot point, 
that a tow bar attaches to and then attaches to the mule. So whether it's 60 or 65, people are just jackknifing left and right. And then you like, you kind of get it where you want. You're like, oh no, let me back it up. Let me straighten it out a little bit. And you're like, no, you're so just fucking get it close. So the 60s get pushed out versus pulled out? Well, I mean, push or pull. The 60 gets hooked up from the rear. The 65 gets hooked up from the front. I mean, you can push it or pull it. It's hmm. easier to pull it, in my opinion. But I haven't towed an aircraft in quite a while because I'm E6. You're an E6. Um, but I do drive the tenant sweeper around the hangar occasionally, and that is like my zen. Yeah. No one fucks with you when you're trying to clean the floor. It's yep. like, just leave him alone. Let yep. him do his thing. So my first flight, I got to do a couple flights. I got to do like a fam flight. I got to do, I got to take a trip to NCR, the national capital region. Um, and I also got to do a duck flight, which is, I don't know if they still call them duck flights. Um, it is duck. Yeah. What is that? I, I went flying with one today. Is it do you, how do you, what's it? I don't know how, how is it spelled? Duck. Yeah. Just like a duck. D-U-C-K. Okay. What does that stand for? It doesn't stand for anything as far as I know. I haven't been told, but yeah, it's just what we call Actually, the technical name is RSTS Rescue. Uh, shit. Uh-oh. No, just, it's based on it. Everyone's laughing at Fucking you. Fucking aviators. <laughs> uh, they call it a duck flight because it's, they, it's, they take you out, drop you off, and then come back and pretend to rescue you, right? That's the gist. Yeah, they take, they take the rescue swimmer training survivor. What it's called. It is what put it is. put him in the water, and then he's in the water for a minute, and then you put the swimmer down, and they never does. They never called they me that. They just called me dickhead. I don't remember being called. It checks yeah. out. Um, so I got to do one duck flight in the airman program as well. Really? And it was it was rad. Yeah. So my first flight, I was like, so we were back when they they were called prime units. We were a quote a prime unit. I don't really remember what that meant. All I know is we got new Pick shit. All, uh, what is what is a prime unit? What does that mean? Prime unit, one air one air station for each airframe is designated as the prime unit. So if they need to make any changes to that particular airframe, the prime unit it goes to that first. They'll do like a change to one or two airframes, fly around, see if it's working out, and then if it does, then they'll disseminate that change out to the rest of the fleet. So yeah, Atlantic City is the sixty-five prime unit. E City is the sixty prime unit. Yeah. Uh, I think mobiles, one for casas and for swimmers. There's one prime unit for each different type of airframe. Um, yeah, I've I've said that to people, and they're like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." So I'm glad I finally got some confirmation that I was right. So we we supported the NCR, which is the National Capital Region, uh, and there was like a special hangar. Somebody's phone's doing. Uh oh. Go in the other room. We're gonna tell him to go in the other room. We're gonna fix. We're gonna keep going. Oh, he is okay. Um, <laughs> so like, uh, the hangar that we flew into, um, had like the Commandant's airplane, the Hillary Clinton's airplane was there. I got to go into the, uh, the one in DC, not the one in Atlantic City. Yeah. Yeah. So we would fly from Atlantic City yeah. to DC, and then like, we, like I remember the guys would like, oh, I got to do my NCR deployment thing, where they would go and spend a, a, an extended amount of time. Yeah. I got to go in the Commandant's plane. Um, what doesn't it have its own designator? It is. It's there's two of them. It's they're both uh, the ones that we have now are both Gulf Streams, which are super super nice jets. Aren't they called like the Guardian think, or the Falcon or something like that? Or I don't think the Commandant's plane even has a fancy name anymore. Just like CG 01 
I, I could have sworn it had a fucking not technically band. Coast Guard one. But. Yeah. Um, so I got to go on the Commandant's plane, and I was told by the pilot that was a lieutenant commander at the time, he was showing me the wood trim inside the Commandant's <sighs> plane, and he said, this trim, this wood in here, is from one specific tree that they harvested in Alabama, and they saved the rest of the tree, and it's in storage somewhere, so if this trim ever gets fucked up, they can pull the wood from the same tree and fix his fucking trim. Have you ever heard that? I have not heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they they used to have a Challenger Bombardier jet, which is nice, and now they've got two Gulfstream jets, which are even nicer. So yeah, it would not surprise me if yeah. they just keep one tree. Although I did hear a rumor that the Navy owns a bunch of trees that they use for the con- Constellation. That wooden sailing boat? Like, yeah, uh, they just own a bunch of trees. Yeah, yep. I actually read a thing on the Constellation that um, it's it's so old. It's either it's either a Navy ship or it's a Spanish ship. I forget which one it is. But it's made out of wood, and they've had it for so long that, like, okay, you, you have this one, one log down in the hull. They replace that one. And then, you know, it's like they say, like, um, every, like, eight or nine years or whatever it is, you're, you know, your cells reproduce. So after yeah. eight or nine years, like, man, that was some old shit. I'm a whole new person now because all your cells have reproduced. So, like, yeah. that ship technically isn't the same ship because everything, every piece of wood has been replaced. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my first flight was like, hey, you want? we need someone to go do some dickheaded work. I was one of the few people at the air station who had to use a screwdriver. We need someone to do some dickheaded work, so they sent me. I remember they're like, all right. Um, I, I walk up to the helicopter. I was like, oh, do I get to sit there? They're like, that's that's the flight mech's chair. And I was like, okay, where do I sit? They're like, you sit on the fucking deck right there. Yep. I was like, okay. And I was very excited. I was like, wee. And I was like, we're like, here we go. And they go up. And then like maybe two minutes into it, I was, you know, for two minutes, I was like, this is fucking right. I'm in a helicopter. And then after two minutes, like I had a button where I could talk to just the flight mech. I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody else. <laughs> and I was like, hey, what do we do now? He's like, we're doing it. I was like. This is like a two-hour flight. He's like, yep. And I was like, okay. And I fell asleep. <laughs> you nice. know? And uh, At least. At least what? Uh, that, that sounds better than your yeah. helicopter story. At least you didn't fucking almost die when oh, you wait. flew in a, I'm, I'm a getting, postcard aircraft. I'm, I'm getting to almost dying. So over find it, find a DC. So when I was there in 2006, I don't know if it's still the same. The Coast Guard is one of the only people that are allowed to fly over the white house without getting previous authorization to do so. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, but I remember, yeah, I remember the flight mech telling me, he's like, Hey, do you want to take a tour of DC? I was like, yeah. So he's like, the coast guard is one of the few people that like can fly over the white house without asking permission, like secret service. And like a couple of like Marine one and a couple other people can fly over the white house without asking permission. He's like, yeah, come over here. He's like, scoot to the edge. So like I scoot to the edge and he's like, I'm going to put this belt on you. He puts this fucking green belt on me with this clasp on it. And uh, my feet are hanging over the side. I get to see the Washington Monument. I get to see uh, Lincoln thingy. I get to see the White House. I get to see everything. It was really cool. I got to take. uh, I get to see all of DC in like 15 minutes. And he's like, all right, we're going to land. So then, you know, he's like, bring your feet in. And he, I bring my feet in and he shuts the fucking door. And, um, He's like, all right, like he like tells me to go to my knees and he like goes to touch my belt and my belt just falls off. And he's like, 
uh, like he looks at me like all nervous and shit. And he goes, let me see that belt. And he looks at it and he goes, this is one of the old belts. They don't work anymore. I should have put a new belt on you. Oh, shit. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, ah, it's fine. You'll Most people stay in the helicopter when we're flying, so it's fine. <laughs> Most people. <laughs> like, at least you had a fucking belt. Um, Sounds eerily similar to another story. Yeah. Um, I... I had a lot of weird experiences at the air station. Like, so we had a deuce and a half, right? And I asked why we had a deuce and a half. And my MK1 goes, well, the primary reason is for, because uh, it has snowplow on the front. He's like, it's to sh- shovel the tarmac. I go, okay, what's the other reason? He goes, we take it into the swamps in Atlantic City to find the doors that break in flight mechanics jettison. And I go, I'm sorry, what? He goes, yeah, so there's like two handles, right? Or something. Um, stop me if I get, get anything incorrect or misinformation. I don't want to spread misinformation. I, I don't work on the 65s, but it wouldn't surprise me if people mistake one handle for another. So, I have had sto- heard stories about uh, doors departing in flight, though. So in, in, in two and a half years of being an air station, I had to recover three doors that were jettisoned. And like it was a big deal. Like, we, we got to get out there before the fucking hillbillies get out there and steal a fucking door. I was like, okay. Um, Could you imagine going to a bar and that just being up on the wall? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I found. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, so another thing from my air station that I noticed, um, I was doing it when I did my duck flight on the way back. Um, so if you've ever been to Jersey, there's like, there's, there's the white horse pike and the black horse pike. Both lead directly into, into Jersey. Very easy to, or I'm sorry, Atlantic City. Both, it's very easy to get to Atlantic City. Very, very complicated to get out of Atlantic City. It's like a labyrinth. And I I swear to fucking God, we're flying, right? And one of the pilots pulls out a roadmap. Okay? I, 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 fucking, sw- I fucking swear. Pulls out a roadmap. And I ask the flight mech, I go, what's he doing? He goes, uh, he's seeing where we're at, and we're going to follow the highway back to the air station. I go, why are we doing that? He's like, in case the GPS fails, we need to know how to get back. I was like, so you're telling me one of the premier aviation people that can land a fucking helo, a moving helo on a moving ship in the dark is using a roadmap to get back to the air station? To navigate the skies. Yeah, to (laughs) navigate the fucking skies. Are you sure it wasn't like one of the aeronautical charts? I mean, those do have some roads on them. You know what? I Okay, so... I'm in the back. I'm 19 years old. This dude pulls a pamphlet out that looks like a roadmap you get at a truck stop, unfolds it, opens it up, and he's like looking out the window, looking at the map, looks out the window, looks at the map, looks down at that little like glass hole you guys got down there, and he's like, and he looks at the guy, he's like, yeah, just keep going that way. Like, tell me that doesn't look like the fucking pilot is using a goddamn roadmap. It, sh- it looks shady. It looks shady as fuck to a 19-year-old fireman, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the way you describe it, yeah, that sounds shady. But yeah. I'm sure it was probably an aeronautical chart, and he was using landmarks on there. And like, all right, that's that landmark. That's that landmark. I thought. Also, I didn't know pilotage. So on one of my duck flights, we stopped. He's like, "Hey, we gotta make a stop." I was like, "Okay," and we stopped at a fucking hospital, I think it was. And the flight man gets out and pulls a credit card out, and he walks over and he hands the credit card to this dude. This dude fucks off. They come back, and then a fucking hose comes out. I go, what you doing there? He's like, buying fuel. I was like, so you can 
buy fuel for an aircraft with a credit card, just like you can like a truck? Like, yeah. I was like, that's insane. Like, it just, it seemed insane to me at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a real thing. It's not like the, the regular visa you have is like the air card or so. We have like three credit cards that we keep for various things that we need to buy fuel. Yeah. Usually we're not landing at a helipad and doing a, a hot refuel like that. Yeah. But yeah. We do land at other places away and buy gas with a credit card. Hmm. And then sometimes a credit card doesn't work. It's like, well, we'll, uh, we'll just write you an IOU. Yeah. See that one? <laughs> 275,000. That's um, Lamborghini. You might want to hold on to that one. So for, uh, the, the list. So the, the, to get on the list to a school, it's, it's a pretty hefty weight nowadays. Right. And uh, I haven't looked at the list in a while, but yeah. And it, there's a lot going into it. It's like you can be on the A school list, but you can have like a medical restriction. It's like waiting on your fucking yes. flight. For, like, flight, I hear yeah. flight physicals are a fucking pain in the dick to get. Because HSs are the, fucking the first garbage. One, yeah. The first flight physical, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, after that, the one that you go through each year, it's simpler and simpler. But yeah, you have to have a current flight physical by the. By the time you get to the top of the list, so you can get orders to go to the ARAP program. Do you guys have to do a, a, a semi-annual physical fitness test like boat crew or B, BOs or BTMs? Uh, no, we do not. You fucking pieces of shit. Oh, fucking. Yeah. From everyone in the Coast Guard that works on a boat, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we get it all the time. Yeah, no, we do not. ASTs do, but they have their own thing that they do. But the rest of us, we do not have a semi-annual, and we're all we are all on the same page. Like, why why do we not have to do this? But yeah. At the same time, we don't want to ruffle too many feathers. Like, yeah, why don't you guys have to yeah. do that? Maybe you should have to do I that. Might have to. But, might have to make an anonymous. Tip. Yeah. I remember that when we had um, AST airmen uh, at the there for the airman program, uh, my DCC at the air station that I've spoke about before, he used to love like there'd be an air, an AST airman outside the AST shop and chief would walk by and shove the fucking airman into the AST shop because every time they entered the AST shop, they would have to do like pushups or sit-ups or pull-ups or something. And he loved doing it. Like there's, there's handprints painted on the deck, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the thing. God, I love that, it. That I remember from, Back in the day, I don't know if they still do that to their army. Yeah, it's like, hey, go out and get this. And they go out and get it, come back in, do push-ups. Like, oh, no, you got the wrong one. Go back out yeah. and go get this. Yeah. I love hazing. Um, so uh, when you graduate A school, you go to a uh, a unit that has – do most units only have one platform? Like with the exception – like I know Kodiak has like C-130s and 60s. Um, do most units – Kodiak has – yeah, Kodiak has C-130s, 60s, and 65s. E-City's got 60s and C-130s. Uh, there's a few air stations that have, like, like Cape Cod's got 60s and CASAs. Miami has 65s and CASAs. What's yeah, the, what's the, so you're saying, what's the difference between a CASA and a C-130? Is that CASA a- is the smaller little twin-engine plane. Okay. It's, it's a plane that uh, we got that was forced upon us because Spain was like, we're not going to join your war unless you buy these airplanes. And the government was like, sure, we'll take those and just force the Coast Guard to take them. So there's a difference between a C-130 and a CASA because a lot of people on my last ship would use those terms interchangeably. And I was told like, I was like, like, oh, we got a CASA overhead. And I'd look up and I was like, that looks like a C-130. Like it's a CASA. 
I was like, what the fuck yeah. does that mean? They're like, oh, it's who makes it. Is that is that true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think um, technically we call it the C-144 Ocean Century, but we all just call it the Casa. Like so, the C-130. No, you can call it the Hercules, but most people just call it the C-130. I'm not calling it the Hercules. We call the C-144 so the Casa. So do you get to choose when you're in A school what, which type of platform? Yeah, that was my next That was my next question. Do you – so – Number one, do you get to choose? And number two, do you get to keep, do you stay on that standard platform? Back when I went through A school, you you had somewhat of a choice. You worked to be like at the top of your class. So when the detailer gave the picks, you would get to pick first. And you kind of, it's the same way that we do it now. You know, they give us a list of like, all right, these are all the different billets that are available. The number one guy gets to pick this. And you'd say like, all right, I either want to go to this location or I want to be on this particular airframe. Nowadays, I'm not sure exactly how the new guys get it. The guy said that they just kind of get a spreadsheet of this is what's available and the detailer will kind of send you where he sends you. And then as far as staying, uh, it really kind of depends on what airframe you're on. Like the 65s are getting smaller. Um, we've already had two air stations that have transitioned from 65s to 60s. And then this upcoming transfer season, season uh, New Orleans is transferring from 65s to 60s. So a lot of 65 guys are moving over to the 60 fleet or moving somewhere else. In the 60 fleet, uh, depending on your qualification, then you can't. Like when I was getting ready to transfer here, I did my career counseling with the detailer. And he's like, yep, based on all of the qualifications you have, don't even put another airframe i'm not going to send you there you are too qualified it's like, roger that so is there like um like i know i've had aviator friends in the past like like there's there's competition in everything do like fixed wing people think they're better than rotors do rotor think they're like like oh they're fucking fixed wing what a bunch of douchebags like is is that is that oh, like we a all thing? think we're the best like we all think we're the best. All right. So who do you, what do you think is better? Helicopters or fixed wing? Oh, helicopters for sure. Hell yeah. Cause I work on helicopters. Although I look at the C-130 guys and their quality of life. I'm like, mm, yeah, they, they kind of got it. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I know I'm going to say the word operator, but like, I like going out and doing the King's business, but like, I like doing that. But also I'm looking at SKs at Yeoman and like, man, that looks pretty fucking rad too. You know, yeah. um, how many, uh, yeah, we always say the C-130 SR stands for search and record and for helicopters it's search and rescue because <laughs> they just fly over, take video of it. So we look good on Facebook. Uh, how many air but, stations are there? It's like, it, it, it's not a large number. It's like 15, 18, <clears throat> something, right? Oh gosh. Uh, I want to say off the top of my head, so it's like, like it's 26, but not every air station has, you know, each type in the with, 60 community we've got with that oh, i'd have to count with that number are you including like atc and hitron and then also e-city as like a training yes. center so like my rate's pretty small but like for mks bms you know like i know like an mk1 or mk2 can have four to six hundred fucking picks and they're all different does it get yeah. does it get hard you know being you know, pigeonholed as like, yeah, I went from East city. Then I went to San Diego. Then I went to San Diego. Then I went to East city. Then I went back to fucking San Diego. Then I went to Sitka or Kodiak. You know, does it, does it get hard during transfer season to like, 
you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah. you, you like, had... uh, my last e resume, the the e six picks for my rate. I want to say it was only like thirty spots for all e sixes, and out of those, for my particular airframe, I only had eight places that I could go. Damn. Yeah, and there's all the billets at that play. Like Clearwater had, I think, eight billets, and the detailers like, if you put that, then I'm sending you there. So my last e resume, I only had four picks on it. Damn. Like, and compared to when I left the 87 as an MK3, there was a boatload. I think I must have put like 30 some odd picks. So you said like last resume, I only had four. Now, now having those four picks, is that considered a realistic e-resume based on your, your airframe and your rank and your, your like qualifications? Yeah. For, for an E6. Okay. Now, as far as E7 goes, like they, once you get to the E7 level, they start to move you out to like different airframes. They'll put you where they need a chief. So, um, unit I'm at now, we've got one chief that was it before he was in this airframe, he came from C-130s. We got another chief that was a 65 guy prior to coming over. So it's it's possible to change airframes at the E7 level. So those, those places that are going from, uh, like sixties to 60, I'm sorry, 65 to sixties, are those pilots having to transition and relearn new platforms or are they just like some of them are, but it, it's not uncommon for pilots to change. Like, uh, we've, we've had, uh, EOs that have been, you know, prior 65 guys have come over sixties. Like if you look at all like the, like CG seven eleven, the main ad or the main, uh, captain guy in charge of, uh, air ops or like CG 41, the main captain in charge of aviation maintenance, like they've, they've got tons of experience on different airframes. Okay. It's it's not uncommon for them to do it. So you were talking about quals for a second there. Um, like other than like fuel, fuel king and like flight mech, like what what the fuck else is there? Like you're not a pilot. Like so for the enlisted guys, once we come out of A school, then you get to your unit and the the first thing that you're supposed to do is get your uh, basic air crew designation. So you actually have to be BA qualified in order to test for e5 is that your is that what gets you your air crew wings yep okay so you work on that in fixing world they have a few different positions in the rotary wing world we have flight mech and then you have like load master and shit like that uh that's only for the fixed wing guys okay so heal where we get you get ba qualified then you get flight mechanic qualified and then on top of that like there's the flight mechanic vertical surface qualification which i have which allows you to lower rescue swimmer down to like a cliff face do okay. vertical surface type rescues. You know, I had, when I went to my recruiter, I said, you know, I, I brought up aviation and my recruiter, I fucking swear to God, you can call my old man and ask him. Cause he was sitting in the chair next to me. My recruiter told me that going enlisted aviation, the pilots will teach you to fly a helicopter. Nah. Dude, I, I mean, he let me fly his personal aircraft. I mean, that's pretty fucking rad. But like, I had a recruiter tell me at 18 years old, they're like, "Yeah, go aviation, go AMT. You'll learn how to fly a helicopter, like straight up." And I was like, okay. "Yeah." Could you imagine? Could you imagine if the Coast Guard just let their pilots just let anybody fly? Yeah, like, like all you have you have an O3 up there, like fly. He's like, "Hey, come on up here, Miss Ma'am. Yeah, grab the sticks, man. Yep, yeah. This is left and right, pitching y'all." Here's your fucking doodads. Give it a whirl, dude. Yeah. You know. I will say in the 65 world, 
because as per the air ops manual, the 65 is read as a single pilot aircraft. So a single pilot can sit right seat, take off, and you can have an enlisted person sit in the left seat. Did you say 65? Like, hey, yeah. Okay. 65, like it's, it can fly single pilot and they can have an enlisted guy sitting in the left seat and be like, hey man, you want to, you want to wiggle the sticks for a little bit? Like, yeah. hell yeah. 60, so, unfortunately, is is a two-pilot helicopter, yeah, so it's more, not possible. Is it a two-pilot helicopter because of, like, do we do fly-by-wire, or do we do? is there physical mechanics between the joystick, the oh, feet it's, pedals? It's, it's uh, torque tubes and all that kind of stuff. It's, um, it's, so is that... So you're saying is, a 60 is, can't physically be flown by one person? Oh, it can be physically flown by one person, but as per, like, policy, because of the way that it's set up and... I've been told why. The way my bank accounts are set up, Coast Guard just says we need two motherfuckers in here. Yeah. yeah. I've been told why, and off the top of my head, I can't remember. It requires two people, to two qualified pilots to be in the front anytime it leaves the ground. Now, on the ground, you can get, as an enlisted person, get left seat qual, which I've gotten, and we're allowed to get the engines going, get the rotor turning, but that's only for like function check flight type things okay. on the ground, um, which is bananas. So... Um, I'm sorry. I had a fucking, I had a brain fart. Um, I wrote something down. So, is the Jesus not a real thing? Uh, we say we have a part called the Jesus nut, but yeah, if there's a lot of things that have to fail for the Jesus nut. Yeah. So if the Jesus nut fails, you better pray to fucking Jesus because you're gonna die. Yeah. Really? What is it? It's. Basically, one nut that holds things together, and if that nut fails, then everything's going to fall apart. No, it's on the, one it's, particular. It's nut, on the main. It's on the main rotor, right? Yeah, there's there's a part inside of the main rotor head on our helicopter that we call the Jesus nut, and then there's another nut on the end of the uh, the tail rotor gearbox where the flight controls come out of there. Okay, if that one comes off, then do the pitch change beam can come off, and it, it's just a bad day all around. Do so all like day, rapid unscheduled uh, disassembly. Like I, I, oh, I, fancy I, word for crash. Yeah, I remember. And have you ever seen the movie with the Rock called um, San Andreas? No, yeah. I've not, but I've heard, and <laughs> so, it is. He's a, I, I know the yeah. scene that I think you're talking about, yeah. and it is not. He's flying a helicopter, and he's like, "We're gonna auto rotate down," and everyone in the helicopter is like, "What does that mean?" And then some smartest like goes, "That means we're gonna fucking crash." You know, and it's auto rotate. Oh, yeah. Auto rotate's a real thing. I thought you were going to talk about a scene where he just puts it in hover mode and then hoists himself down to go save somebody. No, I know. I know. Auto rotate's real. Shit. Yeah. Auto rotate to crash is a real thing. I mean, not to crash. It's a controlled. I mean, yeah, it's a controlled crash. Yeah, we, we practice them. I will, it's called falling gracefully. Yeah. I will. So, like, as much shit as I talk about aviators. Um, sorry, mommy. Um, as much shit as I talk about the aviators to land a like what's a what's a what's a sixty five weigh like sixty five thousand pounds or something like that. Uh, remember no, we? No, it's not that much because the sixty is about nineteen thousand. Remember, so remember sixty five's got to be way less. I don't remember I, that the six six five stands out in my mind because remember we looked up how much it weighed so we could do our pull tests. Yeah, now, we looked up the liquid loading charge for the flight deck. Yeah, to see how much pull water we got. What I will say is. It takes a lot of fucking gumption and a lot of sand to land a helicopter on a finite space on a moving fucking target. Like, I've been out there as LSO 
as Proximan, you know, the guy in the potato suit, and to see a helo that barely, and I mean fucking barely fits on a helo pad on a 210, yeah. that takes some fucking gumption. Like, yeah, like actual like talent engagement. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that takes some skill. Yeah, I've I've been on the back when we've landed on the back of the Healy before, and the sixty takes up most of the area, even on the back of the Healy. And I mean, DLQs are pretty rad the first time, and then after a while, you're just laying on your stomach, just getting the shit made out of you because they're slamming it home. Uh, <laughs> on I oh, can one thousand percent guarantee you, DLQs are way more rad when you're in the helicopter than when you're on the flight deck or up on the folks on the fire team, or you're yeah, awake for fair. your eighty seventh fucking hour. Because of watch and boardings. Oh, guys, we're going to do DLQs. Um, That's fair. Yeah. So, except for that one time we got tacos delivered, that was pretty rad. Yes. So, we've never told that story, have we? I don't think so. All right. So, we had an MK1 on our ship who's um, very outgoing, just like me. Take a knee, bro. And we had some aviators come out. Could you hear the dog? Yeah. Okay. Um, an aviator come out. We were doing like three days of DLQs. He came out, real cool guy. E6 came out and hang out with us. He ended up having to stay overnight with us because the helicopter got the gay or something. I don't know. And MK1 was like, hey, go to Jack in the Box and bring me some fucking tacos. I'll pay you. And like as a joke, as he's walking out, the next day, this dude lands on the hel- on, lands a helo on a Coast Guard ship, comes down to E6 birthing. He's like, brought your fucking tacos and so they were very soggy and but yeah. like we had a bit of birthing erupted we, like, yeah we were underway for a minute and a birthing fucking erupted like like you thought we won like a national championship yeah or oh it was great it was great <laughs> and we awesome. just fucking lost our mind um the last compliment i'm gonna give you guys um because i gave you two i gave you one i'm gonna give you one more um what okay. I don't know if it still happens because again my air station experience was back in the day. My favorite part of the air station, one of the only reasons that I kind of still wanted to be an aviator was there was an AT shop, there was an AMT shop, and then there was the metal shop. And the metal shop guys got to actually do stuff. Like they could take a panel and actually put a hammer to it. They could actually paint it. They could do rivets. You know, there was a paint booth. And like there was uh, like a uh, a metal break, which if you don't know what a metal break is, it's where you can put sheet metal in and bend it. And these guys, I remember there's this really short AMT one, full of tattoos, pale face. But this dude, they said he could fucking make any metal bend to the shape he fucking wanted. And he got to actually like physically like manipulate metal for a fucking aircraft. And I thought that was really cool. Like there's a lot of shit in the Coast Guard that you're just not allowed to do. Like... You know, being an FAI, like, like, grip screws, if a grip screw falls out of your fucking gun, guess what? You can't put that back in. Yeah, like some small boat engines, like you have to send out to fucking Honda to get repaired. Yes, yes. Uh, MKs are just fucking part swappers. They don't get to actually do any real things on small boats. And it was, I just really thought it was cool. Like, I'd go in there and they got these, it's like a, it's almost like a plunger. Um, Just around to say, like, it. It's like a cylinder. It's about that tall. And like they can drill holes and metal and then it holds the sheet metal in place and they can form it. And ah, Clicos. Yeah. See, he knows what I'm talking about. And you can actually like, you know, I remember going in there one time and there was a fucking like um, 
like like just a piece of metal. This dude's like, yeah, I'm forming this. I need a new fucking piece. It was really cool. Um, and actually, I got one more one more cool thing that aviators do. Um, so in the '65, there's behind the you know you got the oscillating rotator on the ass end of the helicopter, right? And uh, encapsulator. Yeah, that's what I said. And <laughs> under uh, yeah, so underneath that is like this. It, hold on, I'm gonna do hand signals again. It's like a, it goes like this, and then it comes down, and it's it's pretty much like a, like a like you know on a drag car they got wheelie bars. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a piece of metal that absorbs like impacts, right? Is that is that do you know what I'm uh, talking about? The, the stinger, yeah, yeah. And that is yeah, that sixty the sixty has one too. Is that is that what it's for? It's to like absorb like impact or is I know it... on our helicopter it is i'm not sure on the 65 but yeah we have one it's just a piece of metal on the back it's got a, a gas and oil cylinder on the back and if you hit too hard it kind of yeah it's a wheelie absorbs. it's a wheelie bar for a helicopter Th- that's what it is and i remember the, one of the ensigns was he came in a little hot and he did like a you know and they took that piece that he fucked up and put it and mounted it on a wooden plaque and presented it to him at all hands for doing like, like a, he came in like, ah! and like just slammed and fucked this fucking piece up. And since it was fucked up, they had to replace it, so they gave it to him on a fucking plaque. I That's yeah. pretty cool, though. Yeah, I thought almost that was like long. that time you fucked up the tower on the small boat. I didn't almost fuck the tower up. I bent like <laughs> one thing. Yeah, that they don't fucking make anymore. <laughs> My bad, dog. No, it, it still happens. We had one. Uh... In 03 and 05, they came in a little hot, and that happened and broke one of the little wicks off the back. And so when they, when that guy retired, they, that was part of his shadow box. That's the, that's, that's, cool. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So after editing this episode, we realized it's too big to upload, so we're going to have to split it into two parts. So stay tuned for part two. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Mm-hmm.